Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Danny Goldberg with us here today, who's a 17-year-old student at San Marcos High School, which is a local high school here in Santa Barbara, California, and he's the founder and president of Zoomers to Boomers. Zoomers to Boomers is a free grocery delivery service created in March as a response to the COVID-19 pandemic. They have since grown into a nationwide nonprofit that offers easy, fast, and safe grocery delivery for the elderly and the immunocompromised. Danny, welcome, and thank you so very much for being here. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Hey, dude, I'm so stoked that you made it here. When we met last month or whatever it was, I was so impressed by your story that I was wondering if I could get you to come on my little podcast here and share it. And I'm so grateful you did. So maybe we'll just start with that. It's March of 2020. So six and a half months ago, you're a junior in high school. You are entering into the final months of your junior year, right? Thinking about what the end of the year will be like, what summer will be like, what most of us would probably think about when we're in high school, what it's going to be like to come back to campus the next year as a senior. And then COVID happens. Talk to us about that. First of all, what was your initial response to it? Where were you when you found out school was going to shut down? And then what did you do from there? How did Zoomers to Boomers come from all this? That's a really good question. Um, So at the very beginning, you know, early March, my life was pretty much focused around school and water polo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just like make sure I keep getting good grades keep working hard. And then water polo end of junior year is really when, you know, scouts start to come out more. That's when, you know, the recruiting process starts, which is what I was really trying to work into and, you know, hopefully get a spot on a team at a school I wanted to go to. Um, So that was, you know, all I was thinking about. And then, you know, slowly started to hear more about the virus spreading you know, throughout different parts of the world. And then I like strongly remember one day in my physics class, it was in a Friday afternoon, my teacher just stands up and he's like, guys, I just got an email. You're not gonna be coming back next week. Um, So it was, obviously very you know mixed emotions some kids were very excited because they were like i don't have to go to school um but you know thinking you know what that actually meant i just kind of sat there and i was like oh this is you know i knew it was a problem but i didn't think it would get here that fast danny Um, can i pause you for one second when you're saying what that actually meant were you thinking about in terms of the health ramifications, how it could hurt other people? Were you thinking about, you know, like some of the other students sound like they were thinking more of what it meant for them that they weren't gonna have to go back to school. What, when you were thinking what it actually meant, what were you focusing on with that? Um, I was a little bit scared, but thinking a lot about just, you know, my family, friends of mine, relatives, and just like 
you know, people who are at a pretty high risk from this. Um, so I was sitting there and I was like, I didn't realize it was going to get here this fast. I thought we would have more time to prepare. Um, so I was definitely a little freaked out. So I went home and then for the next few days, I was like, I'm going to social distance, not going to see anyone. I'm locking myself in my room. So I did the one thing I could bring myself to do while I locked in my room. And I played video games with my friends nonstop for probably three days. Um, and partway through that third day, I started thinking like, yes, there are all of these potential health ramifications, but why am I sitting in my room? Like my dad, he's a local ER doctor. And every day while I'm sitting at my computer, I would put on his scrubs, get in his car, go out to work. And he's, you know, he's mid fifties. I'm 17. Mm. Those are two very different, um, you know, experiences and like types of threat that we're experiencing. Um, so that is why I started to think more about like, what can I do to help others? Because I'm at such a lower risk than everyone else. You know, there has to be something I can do. And that's when I started thinking like, if I was gonna social distance, I wouldn't want to go to the grocery store. For elderly people, you know, it's that same thought, but on a significantly higher level. Um, so I decided I'll start buying groceries for elderly and immunocompromised. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can get something out of that. You're playing video games. You're, you're entering into the third day of an epic video game marathon. Mm -hmm. Still trying to figure out what in the world's going on here. Shocked that it's coming this fast. I think you're describing what so many of us kind of felt in that initial shock. It was trying to figure out, gosh, all this is going on. What can I do? What can I control, right? What, what in my environment is still something when we're going to have everything that's familiar taken away from us? What is something that still seems familiar where I can start to get a sense of certainty and safety maybe back? And you see your dad mm -hmm. going up every day in his scrubs, marching out to meet it. And so the thought comes to you, instead of, <clears throat> instead of thinking it sounds like before, what does this mean? What can I do? Now you're starting to think, what can I do? How can I serve? How can I help others? You're not thinking so much of what you need to do for you to keep other people safe, but you're, you're thinking, what can you do to help others get through this? It sounds like, is that fair to say? Yeah. So tell us about Zoomers to Boomers. You, you have the idea, you, you recognize the elderly population as a population that is likely more immunocompromised, more at risk, and they are probably not going to want to leave and go out to get food, nor should they, especially in the early days when we don't know anything about it. So the idea of Zoomers to Boomers is born. Tell us about it. What is it? What is the service? How does it work? How does that whole process work? So Zoomers to Boomers in its entirety is a grocery delivery service. Um, so what we offer is for elderly and immunocompromised people to place an order on our website. 
in whatever city they live in. Um, and they can, you know, pick the store, fill out their grocery list, put everything they need. And that will go directly to us and we'll get a volunteer who's, you know, between normally 16 and 25. Mm. You know, we, we have a few that stretch beyond that. Some are a little bit younger, some are a little bit older, but generally in that age range. Um, and a volunteer will go out, buy all the groceries for them, um, and then drop it off at their door and then get reimbursed only for what they paid. So we don't, we don't take a profit, we don't accept tips. All we really do is just try to, you know, help people stay at home. That's incredible. You're not making money on this. You're not taking tips on this. You're, you're asking them to pay after you've completed the purchase, bought their groceries. What I think is so incredible about what you're doing, Danny, is not only is it such a generous and thoughtful service, but in a time when I feel like so many people are so hesitant to trust their fellow human beings, you've mm -hmm. essentially created a service built on trust. Yeah. Right. And you're asking a, a population who is, it sounds like predominantly would be students. And I remember when I was a student, I definitely didn't have a lot of extra cash to take a chance of something not being compensated. You're having a population of predominantly students who may stereotypically be short on funds to go and do this thing. And then they're not getting reimbursed until after the transaction and groceries are paid for. That's really incredible. Yeah. Um, I think just having it set up that way and having it rely on trust, not only on our side for, you know, the reimbursement, but also on the side of the elderly people to, you know, ensure they are getting the food they asked for, getting everything in a safe way. I think being able to establish that trust between such like different parts of our community has been such a strong way to really try to hold people together during this time. Hmm. Because, you know, there's one person who I personally have connected with. Her name's Ronnie. Uh, she's currently 91, turning 92 in two months. Um, and she has no family left, no friends in town. And she was you know, essentially alone, locked in her house, right? There's no contact outside of, you know, maybe a phone call with someone she knows a couple of states away. Um, so being able to build that connection, you know, with her and other people like her, I think it's been such a strong way to keep our community, like, hopeful and looking forward to the future rather than, you know, stuck just where they are. I love that. And Danny, you said people can request in whatever city they are. So you're in Santa Barbara here locally. Is that to say then that you are now in other cities, other states around the country? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So currently we're active in 36 cities, 35 throughout the U.S. And then we have one location in Hyderabad, India. Wow. Um, yeah. And that... Um, yeah, that growth really just stemmed from 
the idea that me and my team had that, you know, if we can help people in Santa Barbara, why can't we do the same in other areas? Um, so we're just trying to create, you know, as big of a web as we can to really support the people who need it during this time. That's incredible. In six months, you've grown to 35 cent cities. You, you've become an international operation. You, how, do, how, did this, how does this network build? Did it start with you just reaching out to friends, to family members, saying, hey, I have this idea? Or how, how have you gotten so many volunteers in so many different cities in such a short time? It was definitely a weird story, weird kind of plan, because you know, when I first launched it, I was only thinking about, you know, Santa Barbara, our community here, you know, people who I otherwise would be seeing out on the streets every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to make sure that I could take care of people like that. Um, and then there was one day, a couple weeks in, where I was, I think FaceTiming a friend of mine who lives in Colorado. Um, and we met through a sports tournament in Hungary the summer before. Um, so I was talking to her, she's a tennis player. And I was talking about how I like hadn't gotten any, gotten any sleep the last night because I was, you know, I was up working. And then she started asking about it. And I was like, oh, well, this is, you know, what we do over here in Santa Barbara. And she was like, that's such a cool idea. I want to do that where I live in Denver. So that was how our first branch launched. You know, I worked one-on-one -on -one with her, helped her get it set up. And then, you know, once that popped up, it happened a lot more organically where a couple other sites came up through friends, but the majority were, you know, people who heard about us and were like, I have the same inspiration to help others that you do you know i want to you know i want to be able to help my community can you like get me set up to start a branch mm. um so through those people coming to me uh, my team and i began setting up branches you know kind of teaching them how we did it here and then working with them to make it specialized for their own city to make it work um you know flawlessly for the for what they need. Um, and then over time, as we've gotten more press and more, you know, people hearing about us, we've been able to go from, you know, just a couple locations, primarily in the West Coast, to across the world. Approximately how many people are volunteering now, Danny, in Zoomers and Boomers? That's a rough estimate I'm gonna give you because, you know, with without counting all of them, yeah. I have a lot of spreadsheets, but yeah. I would say somewhere between uh, like 1,200 and 1,500 volunteers. Wow, and between the 1,200 and 1,500 volunteers in the 30 plus cities, the two countries you're in now, do you have any, and you can do a rough estimate again here, I won't hold you to any exact numbers, but I'm curious, do you have a rough idea of how many grocery meal deliveries you have done for these populations in the last six and a half, seven months? I'd say at this point, we are close to 6,000 deliveries. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
man, I, I got goosebumps just hearing that. I think that is so, so incredible. And I just, I just, man, I want to acknowledge you for a minute because I think that is just, you are grasping at 17 years old, what it's taken me most of my life to figure out. And it's now become part of my life's work and figuring out and really teaching the people really where the magic of life is and these ideas of trusting others and just leaning into something, not because you think you should, but because you know, it's the right thing to do. Asking mm -hmm. yourself the questions of what can I do to help? What difference can I make? You're putting something out there because you, you feel passionate about it and just putting the trust in that other people will follow along, not with the expectation of growing into what it's grown into now, but just because you wanted to help your community. I, I just think it's so incredible what you're, what you've done and what you're doing, Danny. And I can only imagine with, with COVID probably going on for a, who knows how much longer that more and more people will continue to utilize and, and more importantly, not just utilization, but I can imagine how many, you know, when I think of 6,000 deliveries, I think of 6,000 individuals, 6,000 families and people with family members and friends who have known that their loved ones have stayed safe, safer and healthier because they haven't had to take a risk because of the service you've been willing to provide. So mm -hmm. it's not even so much the 6,000 deliveries, it's the 6,000 plus lives that have been impacted. And in some cases, who knows, maybe even saved because of what you chosen to do here, man. It's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Who came up with the name Zoomers and Boomers? That was me. Um, that one was initially meant to be a placeholder. Um, so I built the website on my own. Um, very first day I started, right? Um, it was very clunky, doesn't look like what it looks like now. Uh, you know, that's all thanks to my buddy Blake, who runs all of our tech stuff. Um, but you know, day one, I built the website. And when I finished getting all set up, I looked at it and I was like, I forgot, I forgot a name. I, you know, I never put a label on it. Um, so I sat down and for like 30 minutes, I was like, what am I gonna, what am I gonna name it? Because if it's not something people can remember, then, you know, it might not be something people use. Yeah. Um, so the placeholder I put up just so I could like have something at the beginning of the, of all of the sentences, like zoomers to boomers is blank. Um, I put zoomers to boomers because, you know, we're generation Z and then in a lot of, you know, jokes on the internet and things, people call us zoomers and then Right, the elderly generation are obviously the baby boomers. Um, so that's where the name came from. And before I could think of anything to replace it, I just got a bunch of feedback from, you know, not only people my age, but the people we were delivering to who were like 60, 70, 80 year olds who would send us emails and be like, I laughed for half an hour just looking at that name. It's great. Um, so once I started hearing that from both sides, I was like, all right, that's it. It's sticking. 
that's our name. Love it. Awesome uh, name. What's been the most meaningful experience you've had through all this? Was it something, a conversation you had with a one of your volunteers? And you know, you shared the story of the nice lady earlier. Is there something that really stands out for me from this of where maybe it was a moment that you had where it was an interaction with someone where you realized, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I need to be doing right now. Um, there were definitely a lot of, you know, meaningful interactions that I've had. A lot of them had very different, like themes and messages to them, I guess. Um, you know, there were a few that were like, wow, you know, this really makes me understand how much I can trust my team and trust the people, stuff like that. Um, but I think like the number one most meaningful thing, and it's happened a few times. Uh, one of them was actually with the woman I spoke of earlier, Ronnie, um, is when I would get phone calls or emails and they would be like, please help. Um, you know, 95 years old and I'm on my last can of soup. I haven't been able to go to the, I've been out of food for three weeks. Hmm. Um, like, please, I, I need something. Um, and then with Ronnie, uh, she, when I first met her, she'd been living off of one box of cereal for the past two weeks. Wow. And she, and she was like, Hey, if you could just like pick something up for me, I would really appreciate it. Um, so those were messages I got that just made me sit down and think like, this is something I have to keep doing. Like no matter what happens, I can't stop this work because of how needed it is. Whew. You know, it's, it's interesting, Danny, because I remember those early days and there were so many jokes going around about the toilet paper epidemic. I was definitely making my fair share of them. And it's interesting when you have crisis like this happen, oftentimes it's human nature to almost think about our own survival. What about me? And so we panic by toilet paper, we overbuy food. And we get in this almost false sense of scarcity or lack. And in that space, it, it almost prevents us from even considering other people. And I'll tell you, I like to consider myself a fairly self-aware or conscious person. But man, the thought never once crossed my mind that there was elderly people out there who were surviving off of a can of soup or a box of cereal and that they were so unreachable or they felt so alone that why everybody else was out thinking of them thinking of themselves nobody was thinking of them mm -hmm. and i just i think that makes it all the more incredible what you do because i can imagine with six thousand people how many how many ronnie stories there are out there the people who are probably doing that or going through something similar or who were down to the last box of cereal or, or whatever it was. And the hope that you've given to them 
you know, and especially given to them too, not just in the food, but to show that the younger generation cares. And I think your generation is often a generation that late night comedians like to make fun of about being the social media obsessed, video game driven generation. And I, I just appreciate so much what you're doing because it shows the capacity that all human beings, your generation, every generation has to care for another human being. Mm -hmm. When, when you, so when, how, how are people finding out about Zoomers to Boomers? How are your customers finding out and when they, and then how does that process work for them? Are they, is it something like when they hear about Zoomers to Boomers, they just go on your website and it's a pretty self-explanatory thing for them to fill out on the website? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my main thing that I've been telling to you know every branch we've gotten to pop up is like, yes, Facebook is good, Instagram is good, you know, getting the word out in your community is important. But the most beneficial thing is you know, get in the local papers. Even if it's not a big story, just try to get in a column that says, hey, we're here. You know, if you need anything, let us know. Because, you know, with this generation that we're working with, a lot of them have, you know, only a landline, if that. Um, you know, there are some that are better with technology, but Right. Obviously, some never got the hang of it. Um, so for that, like customer base, it's really important to be in a lot of the old fashioned forms of media. Um, and then, you know, for them to order, we have it accessible so that they can place an order on their own through our website if they're comfortable doing that. If they're not, they can send us an email, we can walk them through it. Um, and then if they don't have the capabilities for either of those, they can make a phone call to, you know, friends, family, anyone who knows how to use it. Um, and then that person can place an order for them. Danny, I'm curious, there are people listening and watching right now who like you have often felt have felt throughout this whole thing that there's something that <clears throat> there's something more they could do or there's something they want to do maybe they're not sure quite what that is and maybe they they thought about acting on it but they maybe said you know who am i to try to help there will be other people that figure it out i'm wondering if you have any words of wisdom or inspiration to them maybe some lessons that you've learned through this that you could speak directly to them to help them embrace that desire to help mm -hmm. um so something really important to me that was uh told to me by my dad not not even in the sense of the pandemic but just in general he told me i think when i was 12 um just in passing he said you know it takes nothing out of your day to make someone else brighter mm. So to him, I, I don't even think he remembered saying it. Like I, I brought it up the other day, he had no clue what I was talking about. Um, but for me that, you know, wormed its way into my head. And that was something that I had thought of, you know, almost every day since 
right? Since I was 12, just growing up, that was something that was really important to me. Um, so I think for people out there who are, you know, on the fence about helping or not sure if they can make a difference, I think the most important thing is just why not try, right? Because the worst thing that'll happen is maybe it doesn't work out and then you try again. Um, you know, because I was lucky that Zoomers to Boomers ended up being, you know, I'm, I'm glad I chose a need that was, you know, actually necessary. Um, but I very well could have picked something that wasn't. And, you know, if that happened, start over, you know, go out, keep helping because, you know, if you locked inside, might as well, might as well try to help others. Danny, before I ask my final question, where can people find you online? Um, people can find us at zoomers2boomers.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram, just zoomers2boomers. And um, you can also find us through various news outlets if you look us up, but that's you know just for extra information. I have two questions to ask. One's a fun one, one's a quick one, and then one is going to be the actual final question. So ask the quick one first. I'm curious, since March in your three-day video, three video game marathon, how much time have you had to play video games since then? Ooh. Um, <laughs> it's definitely low in the first three days. Um, <laughs> for a period of time, I would play, I would uh, go fishing on Minecraft for like 15 minutes at a time while listening to music in between meetings, just to like fully de-stress. Yeah. Uh, was, that was really helpful for me just cause you know, if I don't have the time to go out into nature and do things I want to do, uh, you know, might as well spend it doing something stress relieving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've played any games in probably three months now maybe four, it's, it's taken, taken a lot of my time. Danny, for my final question, I'm, I'm deeply curious about this. I've heard you, re you refer time and time again throughout this conversation to my team, my team, my team. Mm -hmm. I remember when we first met, you were reluctant to even use your name. You just wanted to use Zoomers to Boomers. And I was, I was told that, it was because you didn't want the credit for what you had created. You wanted it to be about the team instead. Mm -hmm. I work with executives and leadership positions, and you would be amazed on how difficult it is for them to grasp the concept sometimes of a team. Many of them want all the glory for themselves, their name in the limelights. What does, what does a team mean to you, and why is it so important that Zoomers to Boomers is not about you, but it's about your team. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, teams as a whole and my team specifically are probably the most important thing I've had since the pandemic started. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Um, so I think you know, teams often go uncredited or, you know, their names aren't heard as often as mine. Um, 
right? And that still occurs where, you know, people only hear my name and they won't know, you know, Alex Wilson or Lily Beanstalk or the other members of my team who have, you know, been there since day one, helping me grow this into what it is now. Um, so for me, my team has honestly just been, you know, they've been like a second family. They've been the people I've been with since the very beginning. And they're all in this for the same mission that I am. They just want to help people. Um, so, I mean, for all of us, it was never for name recognition or anything of a sort. Um, but I do, you know, I make it a goal of mine to try to get them into as much as I can, just so they can, you know, they'll read the paper and their name can be at the top or, you know, an article will come out and their face is straight in the middle. Um, so that's something that I found important to me just because I want them to know how important they are to me and how important they are to this mission. Um, so, you know, I tell them as much as I can, but I think it's important to come from all angles just so they remember, you know, how much, you know, how meaningful they are to the organization as, as a whole and how meaningful they are to all the people they've been able to help. Love that. Everyone, this is one you want to rewatch, re-listen to, take some notes. But before you rewatch, before you re-listen, ask yourself the question, what is possible for me? What can I do? And am I doing what I'm capable of doing? Danny took us on an incredible journey, starting with a three-day three -day video game marathon that was quickly brought to an end when he looked up and realized his dad was going off to work in his scrubs. And likely, maybe at some point, he really he remembered that recalled that sage-like wisdom that his dad had instilled on him at 12 years old about it doesn't take much to brighten someone else's day. Parents out there, keep sharing that wisdom with your kids. It may stick with them and show up in the most profound times of the moment. Remember, the seeds we plant today, they, they become our crops of tomorrow. Just because we do not see plants sprouting above ground does not mean the roots are not taking hold. The thing is, is the roots can never take hold if you don't plant the seeds. So from back in March in the three-day video game marathon to coming with the inspiration of putting something together to help those who need the help, Zoomers to Boomers is born, and now six months later, it's in 30-plus cities, two countries, 16, 12 to 1,500 volunteers, 6,000-plus meals delivered. Talk about an incredible story, and again, an incredible example of what is possible for all of us. A beautiful, beautiful part of this whole thing, too, is it's a service built on trust. It's not asking for money up front. It's, it's collecting money after. Once the service is provided, the fees are collected. Ash, imagine an area in your life where you can build more trust. What would life look like if we all made an effort to build more trust? You know, some of us struggle to trust the people that we know the most, let alone perfect strangers. Danny, you shared your dad's words of wisdom, and it reminds me of probably the most important words of wisdom my father ever shared with me. And he shared it with me at a time when he was going through chemo treatment for colon cancer. And he said to me, at a time when he was talking to the doctor about going through chemo or doing more, more, more treatment or stopping. And he was so sick of being sick 
But then there was somebody in the other room who was worse off than him. And he told me, he said, Jesse, boy, you never have to look far to see someone who has it worse than you. And Mm -hmm. I just keep thinking of Ronnie and the other people who are surviving off a soup, surviving off a a box of cereal. You know, many of us, we will suffer because we become so consumed and so self-focused that we don't consider what another human being is going to. And when we become so self-obsessed, we, feel, we fail to see our capacity of being able to help and be of service to others. Those of you who are struggling and suffering out there, consider how you might help others. It will help get you out of suffering faster than you can even imagine. Those of you who are already out there helping others, perhaps this provides a little extra inspiration of how you can help a little bit more. I know it certainly has for me, and it's going to give me pause to really reflect and consider what I can do to make a more of an impact. Danny, this has been absolutely incredible, man. I'm so grateful for you, for your willingness to be here, and for your amazing team you've built and the work that you all are doing now around the world to support people through these difficult times. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to them.